Coming to you on some serious tape delay via a podcast near you. From that hockey hotbed of San Jose, California, it's Dudes on Hockey. He is now accepting callers. He is calling me Dude. And now your hosts, Mike and Doug. Hey there, and welcome to Dudes on Hockey Podcast. I'm Mike, that's Doug. Dude, how you feeling, dude? Dude, I'm feeling so much better now. <laughs> <laughs> of course. <laughs> of course you are. It would have been a different podcast a couple days ago. <laughs> well, it still kind of is. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, um, hey, the Sharks have won two in a row after suffering possibly the two most humiliating defeats in franchise history. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, um, good for them. I mean, uh, I think there's, we're going to ride, let's see how long we can ride the wave of positivity. Okay. All right. Uh, last game, Mackenzie Blackwood against the Oilers. Very good. Very good. Very good. His stats do not, um, reflect how good he's been. If I'm the Oilers, what would you offer the Sharks to give them Blackwood now? Connor McDavid. <laughs> I'll do it for McDavid and a side of fries. <laughs> Dude, I mean, the Oilers Wow. are, I don't know, what do you, I mean, well, I just, yeah, I don't know, what do you do? Like, if you're them, uh, how much longer will Jay Woodcroft remain the coach of that team? Is it his fault? I don't know. They they made the conference finals, and I mean, I I, I mean, he has a win percentage over sixty percent. Yeah, I think right. I mean, but the team is just um, structurally flawed. Flawed. Um, just not a good roster. Are they as bad as the Sharks? No. No, no, no. But, um, you know, I give the Sharks full credit. They got a team that was wounded, and the Oilers didn't play desperately, whereas the Sharks took advantage of every opportunity they were given. They won, and they hung on at the end. Dude, that was pucker-up time when the Oilers... I appreciate Granlin's effort over the last two games. He takes some bad penalties, dude. Like, yeah. Dude takes some bad penalties. He does? A lot of penalties for a guy who's not like a like a tough player. Takes a lot of like tripping and yeah. like high stick. Kyle Burroughs takes a lot of penalties, too. Yeah, he does. <laughs> but we're seeing, I think, probably less of Kyle Burroughs now because the Sharks made a trade, too, which we can talk about in a little bit. Yeah, yep. Dude, what else do you take as a positive Clearly, the Sharks have won, right? Two times. What What do you take after the pep talk? Pep talk worked. What else can you say? I mean, certainly we were fearing a week ago before when they were 0-10 that this is a team that is so bad. They just don't have... There's nothing they could do to win games. And now we know that that's not true. Right. Are they going to be able to pull this off against the better teams? Are they going to be able to pull this off against Vegas in the next game? Probably not, right? But will they be able to pull it out against, oh, I don't know, a not a very good team? I mean, the Flames aren't very good. Jeez, <laughs> wow. Um, you know, yeah, some, of these, some yeah. of these lower teams that are not doing very well, the Sharks can win those games. We now know that they can win these games. Are they going to win all of them? No, but it was embarrassing before. And we thought, okay, this is just a fact of life that this team is so bereft of talent that these kinds of games are inevitable. And now we know that they're not. 
we don't let's be clear we do not want them to be good right now no right no but but we don't want them to be embarrassing yeah, when you see like memes like this hasn't happened since 1965, <laughs> yeah. like those that's not that's not good. No, you don't want that. And I think that um you know, the boilerplate broadcaster, these players are playing for their jobs, right? You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, I mean it, it is true in a way. They're playing to hopefully I'm sure some of the veteran guys are like I'm going to play well so I can get the hell out of here. Yeah, trade right. Me yeah. Um and you know, other guys are playing for new contracts. Um, in the off season, whether it's with the Sharks or somebody else. And, you know, a sense of pride kicked in here in the last two games with the win over Philadelphia, which I'm sure Tortorella just loved that. Right? He, he was a big fan. Loved. But, you know, uh, the, eye, the constant camera eye rolling of Tortorella every time they show him on the screen, he's just disgruntled. Always. He's always disgruntled. I know. <laughs> That's like his default. Um, He's got resting, disgruntled face. Yes. Uh, any other players stand out to you other than Mackenzie Blackwood? And I would say Fabian Zetterland. I've liked him all season. Um, he scored again last night. Uh, I just like how he plays. I think he should be part of this team moving forward, not a trade chip. Yeah. Certainly... The Eklund play on McDavid is the big storyline. Eklund, uh, certainly in the Philly game, was standing up for himself. Uh, Konechny was taking quite a few shots and at this baby-faced uh, rookie or, or close to a rookie, and he didn't back down. And uh, that that was that was nice to see. Also, I'd say Duclair's look good. Yeah. He's, he's looked pretty good. So um, some bright spots there. Are these guys world beaters? Are they in the same league as Connor McDavid? They are not. But you do want to see some of these positive things happening. And it's good to see positive things happening from players that were recently acquired, players that um, you know we got in these trades, players that we got from the free agent market, players that we recently drafted. Like This is all to the good, right? These are the kinds of players that we want to be happy about uh, and how they're playing. It's not like... you know. God bless him, and he's a, he's been a long time great shark. But like, we don't really want the storyline to be like Mark Edward Vlasic rediscovers <laughs> his career. I mean, of course, I want him to play well, but like, you don't want that to be the main storyline sure. of the team for the season. No, I think the Eklund play last night on McDavid that was I I of all the things I loved that you know I just love that, and you know you're seeing him. There's a. I think he's proving why he deserves to be here through the dumpster fire. You know, mm -hmm. he belongs at the NHL level. He's just going to continue to get better and better. You can see his creativity. He's starting to finish when he has opportunities. I like it. And hopefully the team can continue to play well enough around him that it isn't um, demoralizing to be here. Right. And it makes sense, you know, to, to shield some of the other younger players from being here right now, right? Like, um, for now, dude, uh, things seem to be righted. Yes, we don't expect them to make a uh, desperation playoff run, but we also don't, they shouldn't get routed, right? They shouldn't, back-to-back uh, uh, -back nights. Yeah, the 10 to 1s and 10, 10 to 1s shouldn't happen, period, right? It shouldn't happen at all. And, if they can play like they have the last two nights, I think they will still be the worst team in 
hockey at the end of the year, but it won't be embarrassing. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And uh, the Mike Greer answered my call. Yeah. It was and- posted. Someone posted a comment to that effect on the on the comment thread of the last episode as well. Like, clearly Mike Greer is listening to this. I'm sure he listens to so many Sharks <laughs> podcasts. Can you imagine how... Can you imagine, like... In your job, right? Yeah. Someone who has never done your job, right? Has no idea what your job really right. entails, has never worked with any of the people that you work with. They make a podcast about exactly what you do and criticize you. Can you imagine like listening to that? Yeah, I gotta, I, I'm gonna say, um, all of those things happen except for the podcast, right? There's definitely yes. many people who think that they can do the job that I do better than me for sure. And, um, right. Um, maybe they should start a podcast, uh, and criticize uh, and, it. Yeah. And I, you I definitely mean, won't be listening yeah, to it. I certainly no. But, um, anyways, uh, enough about my personal problems. <laughs> um, Kaylin, I'm starting a second podcast. Kaylin a- Addison, who I will admit I never had heard of uh, before this trade was made. But if if you could have written up the poster child for exactly who the Sharks should have acquired, mm-hmm. it's this guy. This right? is the guy. This is the guy. He is a proven point producer at the NHL level, right? right. Um, he had what, 30 points last year um, in 60-something games. For the Minnesota Wild, um, and fell out of favor due to defensive shortcomings, and uh, was replaced by Klinberg, which is uh, you know okay, yeah, uh, but wasn't really able to get back into the lineup for the Wild, an expendable part. The Sharks seize the opportunity. This is a, I don't know, he's, what is he, 23, 24 years old? This is what you want. Expiring RFA contract. If he works out, he's a power play quarterback. This is it. Yeah, this is the move. This is the move. And for a 2026 fifth rounder and uh, Adam Raska, right, who was not going to be in the Sharks' plans, this was a, a very good deal for Mike Greer to make. Uh, a 10 out of 10, you know, yeah. I, be, even if the guy doesn't work out like this is what they should be doing. Yes. Exploring players with upside who you can get inexpensively. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And, and serves exactly the need that they have. Certainly you see it now more, a little bit more in hindsight, but you know, there's some pretty horrible plays made, uh, you know, on, on the power play when there's a shorthanded chance, you know, you see some of these forwards, it's like, they don't really know what they're doing in terms of that, you know, defending in case there's a rush the other way. It's like, you see these guys are taking advantage of them a little bit, creating scoring chances shorthanded because you got five forwards on the ice. These guys don't know what they're... Or Kyle Burroughs, who had, I think, a negative two seconds of power play time in his career before uh, this season. And then he was the one that was out there. Like, that shouldn't happen. Right, right. So, you know, this guy, it's great. Like you said, Minnesota not doing so well this season so far. But, uh, you know, they're a respectable team and, like you said, has the NHL experience. And as far as the defensive liability aspect, I just tell the guy, you know, get a number. Take a number, get in line. <laughs> we got plenty of those guys yeah, already. You're going to fit that, right in. Yeah, you, you want him to work on it. You want him to get better defensively. But also, it doesn't matter that much, right? I yeah. mean, in this on this team... They were so poor at driving possession and play that this guy is going to help them do that, or in theory should. I applaud the move 100%. I think they should look for another player like this at some point. 
um, when the opportunity becomes available to bring him in. Because right now they just have several um, duplicate parts. I want to point out another player that I like. Um, Okutchuk. Yeah. Okutchuk. Yeah, it's fun to say too. Dude, uh, I like this guy. Like yeah. uh, part yeah. of the return for Timo Meyer. Um, he's solid. He's physical. I liked at the end of the game against Philly, he got super pissy. Yeah. He was like, really mad. He was mad. And the thing that was, and we didn't see it against the Oilers because I don't think the Oilers are this type of team, but the quote unquote team toughness in the game against Philly was on par, which I'm sure with what Mike Greer wants. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I see one big player, especially in the middle of a lot of that. Akukchuk did a great job, but for me, it comes from Luke Cunning. Mm-hmm. Like I see Luke Cunning in everything. Like right. there's that one bump on Mackenzie Blackwood. Luke Cunning goes crazy. I think they they end up getting offsetting penalties or whatever. But like he's like, I'm not standing for this, man. Right. And you don't get to like just bump the goaltender, knock him over, even though it's not going to hurt him or anything. It's like you don't you don't do that stuff. You, yeah, we're not going to allow it. And that was kind of what we thought we were getting when we got Luke Cunning, and we haven't really seen it until now. that Flyers game. I also will tell you what, you know who was in the middle of a lot of that stuff was Tomas Hurdle, and I liked that. Yeah. You know, like, that's not what you t- definitely want him to be doing, but also, like, he can't just be, like, yeah. pushed around, right? Yeah. And and he was responding when it was he was out there. He didn't just skate away like some stars do. He got in there because right now, you know, he is the captain of this team. Yeah. Like it or not. Right. Right. And he's the, you know, the best player. And he, he really stepped up in these last two games, I thought, with his overall play and his um, ability to see that the team needed him to do more, yeah. you know, than just skill. I definitely see the frustration on his face in these cases. Sure. I'm well, sure I mean, he's not happy a, about anything been that's going on. He's a player on. that's been playing at the highest level for years now, and this is different. And um, and he's going to be around for a long time. Mm-hmm. So the situation that you're in, you know, you can, you've got to be an example so that hopefully when this pays off in two or three years where the team starts to get appreciably better, right? you'll still be here and you can still be an important member of that process, right? Uh, Another reason why you don't want the Sharks to get too good, dude. And dude, I didn't know this until this week. And maybe this makes me a bad bad hockey fan, right? Yeah. I didn't realize that the projected number one pick, Macklin Celebrini, was a junior Shark. Yeah, I didn't know that either. I didn't know that. He is the son of Rick Celebrini, who is uh, of Golden State Warriors... Um, fame in terms of being part of their front office. He's at Boston University. This isn't, I don't think he is a uh, McDavid Bedard Bedard, style number one pick, but he sure seems like a really, I mean, it would seem like you'd be getting another Will Smith. Uh, Yeah. Okay. Okay. Right. Um, What a story this would be to draft a former junior shark and bring him home, it's almost so good that you know it won't happen. Right. <laughs> we know Chicago's going to get the number one pick again. Oh, God. Um, so, you know, careful, yeah. Sharks. 
Uh, you don't want to get too good. And you know Mike Greer is keenly aware of this, right? I mean, you know. Sure. Let, let me ask you this, dude. There Before the um, the two-game win streak, a lot of rumblings about David Quinn's job status. How much do you put on this on Quinn? Uh, not Not a lot. Not a lot. Uh, of course, the coach always has a hand in this. The co- the coach always is going to take the fall. Um, you you just look at this roster on paper; it's just not very good. Of course, you know a roster like this can come together, win a couple games. Uh, you know, against not very good teams in this case. Uh, is that really the difference? the The thing that the way we should evaluate David Quinn, in my opinion, is is he providing the right structure for the team to play is he providing the right values that come down from the gm you know playing hard and all that kind of stuff and he's is he developing the young players and giving them the correct roles in which to shine and to develop into good nhl players if he's doing that i i'd say the 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 team record is secondary or tertiary compared to that that's what i care about in terms of david quinn you know not like oh he's really pushing those guys to the nth degree so they can squeak out a win against whoever. And then they go, instead of 2-10, and 10, they're 3-10, and 3-9. Thank God we're 3-9 and because 2-10 and 10 would be horrible, <laughs> right? Right. But if he's not playing Eklund in the right spot, if he's not giving these young guys the right opportunities to become good NHL players, then now we're talking. Now we're talking we got to get somebody in who's going to develop talent because that's what really matters with this with this group. Yeah, I think you're 100% on the, on the nose, dude. Um uh, this is not David Quinn's fault. This is not a good roster, right? Um, now, if they continued to lose, let's say they lost to Philly 7 nothing. I don't know how he could survive it. I just don't think he could survive it. Yeah. Like, because you're right. It's not like Mike Greer is going to say, well, there's going to be some changes. To what? Like, to what on the roster is going to get changed, Right. I mean, I guess you could just waive some of these veteran guys and send them down to the AHL and bring up the kids and say, we'll pay you, but we don't want you here. I'd rather lose 10 nothing with the kids. That I, I think I guess, yeah. that was the other option, right? You say, okay, well, uh, we dare the rest of the league. We know they won't claim you. You know, you're not going to get claimed. So if you're not going to get it together here, you're going to play uh, for the Barracuda or you're just going to sit at home, right? We'll pay you, but your career is over, basically, Yeah. right? Yeah. That was the other option here. That was door number two. Uh, door number one was trying trying and firing David Quinn, making him the scapegoat, which wouldn't have been fair. I don't think my career is going to do that. That's a bad look after 14 months, right? Like, yeah. Yeah, uh, this team sucks, and it's your fault. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it's not. <laughs> no, no, it's not. It, it, but it's uh, you have to. But you do got to put the fear of God into people a little bit, right? Because you can't, you can't lose ten one and ten two every night. You just can't. Yeah. That's just. I mean, you look at the attendance numbers, and they're bad. I, you know, Warriors are good, Niners are good. It's bad. They're, you know, they're still running a business here. You can't say like we want two hundred people in the stands because the. The sharks are so awful that no one will come and watch this nonsense. Right. So there has to be some sort of eye on the short term in terms of like, you have to provide a product on the ice that people will watch. And if you aren't doing that, then, you know, you start 
chopping heads off until it fixes itself somehow, right? There's, not everyone's just a pure masochist like us. We right. just watch no matter what's <laughs> happening. Um, yeah. Well, uh, steps in the right direction. I mean, I do wonder... This is so early for this, right? But, you know, coming... You know, as the season goes and Blackwood continues to play well, you can't move him, right? You don't cash that chip out. You finally, you finally have yes. a stable goalie on a team that's worse than it's ever been. Yes. You, of course you, you, you keep have, him. You have to keep him. Of course you keep you him. You have to keep him. You don't give him you don't give him the Vasilevsky deal. But no. you, you keep him. You get you sign him for two years or three yeah, years yeah, or whatever. You've you got him on two. You've got him for two years. You got him for right? two more years or no? He's got this year and another. And, yeah. I just think that you know you look at there are some teams. Edmonton is at the top of the list. I mean, they just waived Jack Campbell. That was a disaster. Right. Whoops. Yeah. Not good. A disaster. And Skinner has not been good either. What are you know? At some point, they're going to have to do something, right? And if someone comes and offers a a totally drunk overpayment to, for to the Sharks for Blackwood. Do you take it? Yes, you still have to take it. If it's a drunk overpayment, yes. If it's a inline deal, then I think you keep Blackwood. Right. If they're offering a first round pick, yeah, I take it. Yeah, of course. Yeah, <laughs> I, mean, right. I don't care. Well, they won't do that. I take a first round pick for almost any player on this team right now. You sure. Know? But sure. but if they offer something that's so outlandish because they have to get a guy, then of course you consider it and take it. But is McKenzie, is McKenzie Blackwood going to be that guy? I don't know. I mean, regardless of how well he plays, this team is still terrible. Yeah. And it's not like everyone, that's going to be the first name that comes to mind in terms of goalies that are overperforming. Yeah. You know, who's really overperforming the goalie on the worst team in the (laughs) league. (laughs) Yeah. I, I don't think, I think they finally have some stability in net. Statistics aside, if you watch the games, you see he's playing really well. He makes some great saves. He's kept them in some games for long stretches that they ended up losing by multiple goals, but it was not his fault. He's the clear number one goalie on this team. And I was trying to see shot totals. Have the Sharks outshot their opponents in any game this year? I'm going to say no. I don't think it's happened. No. I don't think it's happened. I, I don't have like... It in a nice chart in front yeah, of me, but I, I know they were outshot by Philly, and I know they were outshot by Edmonton. Yeah, I mean, uh, I that's mean, th- not th- the Sharks are surprising. not. They are not shooting. I mean, they just they are not getting the same number of scoring chances, right? That 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 their opponents are. I mean, it's just not good. And yeah. So you're on the losing side of of the shot total every single night, forty one to eighteen in the Oilers game. Yeah. Sharks had 18 shots. They're shooting five times a period at this point. Five or six times a period in general. Well, they don't, dude. I mean, they just don't have a lot of possession. I mean, that's that's just the fact. And then they just, when they do, they are rarely able to set up shop. Like, you don't see a lot of cycling or zone time. No, you don't. You see some odd man rushes. You see... But there's a lot of dumping and line changing happening when they get the puck. Yeah, you know, they're they're not a good team. You yeah, know, I mean, they're, they're they're getting better. I mean, the result, the thing is, is they capitalized on the on the opportunities that they had. Right. These last two games, they, right. they capitalized, and Blackwood played really well, and that's how they're going to win twenty something games. Right. Right. Because they're getting badly, badly outshot. But it's okay. 
<laughs> yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not like complaining, right? but this I mean, is, you know, this is this is uh, you know, it's unfortunate to see that even in the games that they win, you could make an argument that they shouldn't have won. I mean, they got outshot like 52 to 20 in the Colorado game where they picked up a point, right? Right. Yeah, they got badly outshot in both of these wins. And the one thing I was going to say, maybe in a more angry tone, if they hadn't won these last <laughs> two games, is that I remember when we went to the uh, the Bulls game. Yeah. Like, how would you characterize the quality of the Bulls play versus, you know, a, a, the play in that game versus a play like the NHL play? I mean, junior varsity. It's junior varsity, but like, is there anything specific that you think of when you watch those guys play? Uh, choppy. Right. And that's how I feel like the Sharks play. Yeah. Like, the passes just aren't very crisp. These guys are trying to handle the puck and they lose it. You know, the touches aren't crisp on their stick. They're not moving it forehand to backhand. Just every, you know, it doesn't happen every time they touch the puck, but it happens more than the other team where they try and they're, they're trying to puck handle and they lose it, or they're trying to make a pass and they give it away, or the pass just isn't quite on the stick. It bounces off the outside of the skate and is not quite good enough to kick it to his skate, you know, up to his stick. And like, those are the kinds of things you see at the AHL and lower levels. Like it's just a little bit off. Like there's just a, a lot more plays are just a little bit off. And that's how I feel like the Sharks are playing. Right. I just, I think when you look at the roster, I, I think that it's hard to like point at the roster and be like, well, that person should do that better. I, I agree. just don't think they have those players. Well, like, and the other thing is that they're facing much tougher competition. Right. I mean, right? you see, you see how, you know, elite skill players or even above average skill players are operating. And that's why this is the other thing I want to say. Kevin LeBanc should not be scratched again. This shouldn't happen. This needs to stop. He is by far the best skill player on the Sharks. You could see the play that he made where they scored the first goal against Philly. No one else, nobody else on the team right now can make that play. He's the only playmaker that they have. I know. They cannot scratch him even if he's abominable on the other end, which I don't see him being. But obviously, there's a long track record of everybody hating Kevin LeBanc. Yeah. Leave him alone. Let him play. Okay. Like, dude, come on. It's it's enough. Like, that line has been very good the last two games. Leave him alone. Please. Okay. I'll let you I'll let you make that case. I'm not as full on that bandwagon as you are. But I I agree with the as long as the playmaking continues from Kevin LeBanc, okay. But the thing is, if he's not doing the things that Greer and Quinn want these guys to do, things that don't require a lot of skill, just back-checking, putting your stick in the right lane, like not making horrible mental errors, actually trying hard. Like if he's not doing that, I mean, he's not an all-star. You, sure. scratch, you scratch him like anybody else. Yeah, but I, I don't guess, care. I, I mean, and again, I am. this is me podcasting about a, something that I don't know no, anything, anything about, about on a professional level. This is what we do. Uh, from a fan's viewpoint, yes. I don't see it. I don't see the things that where you go, oh, get him out of there. Right. Terrible, right? Dogging I know, it. I, I know, don't see it. I know the Sharks assistant coaches are listening. So they can email us and tell us what are we not seeing? And what are what am I missing? Why is he so bad that he has to be taught a lesson continually? Continually that clearly he's not right. I don't know. Like uh, this team is not a good team. He is a has the ability to make high level plays. I don't see how he can do it if he's in the lineup every three games. 
You got to let him play. It's fair. It's like, a fair. It's a fair point. Play. And maybe there's something that we just we're not seeing because we're not pros at this. We don't know what we're talking about. If you do know what you're talking about and you want to tell us, yes, I would take that email. I am open to feedback. I want to know. Yes, I do. I want to know. I do want to understand this better. All right, dude. Vegas, Anaheim, Florida. Which has been a surprise. Anaheim playing well this year. So, yeah. Well, is Leo Carlson playing in their lineup? Is he playing for them? I think so. I don't know. I'm gonna look. I'm gonna look right now. But I mean, Vegas is gonna be just like, how can we stop the bleeding? Yeah, yep. Leo Carlson's played eight games. Yeah, he's got four points in eight games. He's even on the plus minus, and he played eighteen plus minutes on average. Okay, so they're they're trying to work him in. I don't know. Uh, I have to look at his if he's playing all recent games or they sent him back down. Yeah, played Tuesday, played last Sunday, played Wednesday before that. Yeah, so yeah. he's he's in the lineup. So Leo Carlson, the number two overall pick, is in the lineup for Anaheim. Yeah. So that's who we're going to see after we see Vegas. So good times there. And uh, let's see what else. And then the Panthers. How are the Panthers? Hmm. They're 7-4-1. They're doing okay. Yeah, they're, they're doing well. Even I mean, even in goals, they're seven two and one in their last ten. So they started with a couple sure. losses. So yeah, you know, I mean that they're, they're, they're a good team. Yeah, that we're playing two teams that are definitely better than the Sharks. And I mean the Ducks came. I mean the Ducks have. If you look at the team that they're putting out there, they have better skill players, no question. Yeah, out there on the ice, right? Mm-hmm. So um, that's an interesting game. I'm curious to watch it from a future standpoint. They're starting to see that the work that they've put in in terms of stockpiling young players, right? And we're starting to see some of them play. So how do they look? How good are they going to be eventually? Um, They're working towards that, right? And maybe playing a little bit over what expectations were this year. I mean, they were not... They were at the bottom along with the Sharks in terms of future odds. I mean, they are... 14 points. The Sharks are at five. I mean, they're clearly a better team. Yeah. So, Dude, any other stories NHL-wide that you want to talk about? The Bruins are still killing it. Um, you know, the Avs aren't doing as well as I expected. I Obviously, I'm, I'm talking my own book they're here. They're eight and four? They're eight and four, and they lost to the Kraken last yeah. night. I mean, that's not a team they should be losing to. Like, the Kraken's below 500. The Kraken has their number, dude. I guess they do. I guess they do. But, you know, that's that's not a good sign. Yeah. I mean, if they're losing to the Stars or they're losing to one of these pretty good teams, I mean, the Kraken aren't a team that people are like, oh, they're dangerous. Sure. Dangerous. Kraken. Yeah. Yeah. No. You got to win those games. If you want to win a cup, you got to win those games. Yeah. Um, I guess if you're looking at, like, surprise teams, I mean, Vancouver uh, looked pretty damn good when they came yeah. in and kicked our ass, right? Yeah, that's for um, sure. The Detroit Red Wings are uh, playing better than probably most people expected, although they've dropped two in a row. Dude, um, Ottawa. Let's talk about Ottawa for a moment. Man, they're um, bad. Uh, not playing well, and there's a lot of turmoil going on over there. The Shane Pinto gambling suspension, yeah. which uh, not a lot of details about what he did, but obviously violated some sort of league policy on gambling. No Vegas for Shane Pinto. Yeah. And then the draft penalty for the Dadanoff trade debacle, dude, where Ottawa traded Dadanoff 
to the Vegas Golden Knights and did not disclose that he had a no trade. Uh, and when Vegas tried to trade him to Anaheim, he invoked his no trade and that trade was vetoed and Vegas didn't know that he had a no trade. And Ottawa was then stripped of a first round pick. Wow. So, wow. Um, and the new owner of the Ottawa Senators is pissed, pissed off. Yeah. And they fired Pierre Dorian. So, um, dude, here's my question. I have lots of questions. All right. Um, should the new owner, the new owner is mad because he felt like um, the NHL did not disclose to him when he was purchasing the team that the possibility of the penalty for this infraction was going to be this severe. Yeah. Fair to be upset? Yes, absolutely. Right? Absolutely. It's like when you buy a house, there's disclosures. Yeah. Right? I don't, I mean, you trade for a player. If you're Vegas, who traded for this guy? I understand. I mean, maybe a penalty is warranted if the Ottawa Senators knowingly failed to disclose or lied about the sta- the status or the presence of a no movement or no trade clause. That's that's one thing. That's a, that's a that's definitely a problem. But if you're Vegas, don't you have access to his contract? Can't you like read the contract and see what you can and can't do? It's not like this is a handshake deal. It's written on a napkin somewhere. Right. I mean, isn't there a piece of paper somewhere that has Davidoff's name on it that says this is the no trade clause stipulations? Yeah, you would think so. Wouldn't Vegas have access to that? You would think so. Isn't that a due diligence issue? Yeah. I mean, and the other question is what happened with Central Registry here? Like, don't they approve all these trades? Don't they have copies and access of all the paperwork, dude? Uh, Admittedly, and maybe, uh, again, we welcome your your emails. Uh, We don't have all the information on this situation, but um, this, I don't know. It stinks. Like I, I feel for the guy who just paid hundreds of millions of dollars to buy a team that now doesn't have a first round pick. Yeah. Because, yeah. and they're going to suck. I mean, like they're not good. Like they're going to lose a top 10 pick. And and just to stir the pot, which is, you know, I'm, I'm echoing a meme that I've seen on, you know, what is it? NHL, whatever logic or something. But, you know, there was a, a culture of covering up sexual assaults in, in Chicago. They've got nothing. Nothing happened to them. And now a new, t- a new player came out and said he was also victimized by this guy. And nothing's going to happen to Chicago. They get the number one overall pick, Connor Bedard. Woohoo, full steam ahead. And like, there's like a weird contract dispute. Someone doesn't know. Maybe they should know. Maybe they can't know. Whatever. And you get docked a first round pick and, and Chicago gets nothing. After base and they they let this guy get hired someplace else. I don't know, man. That's a that's not a good look for the NHL to Agreed. let to let one of these happen and and have nothing, n- no repercussions. And yeah. then this is a weird sort of legal contractual dispute, and it's like first round pick on a bad team. I mean, and that's a, a fine and money, dude, like a million dollars. That's or a something. top ten pick. Like yeah. they're gonna lose a top ten pick. Like that's franchise altering. Yeah, not good. No, not good. Fun times. Good time to be an Ottawa fan. Good times, good times, dude. Good times. <laughs> dude. Dude. All right. Well, um, I'd say... Uh, this is not what I expected to talk about today. <laughs> mostly, up, uh, mostly positive. Not too bad. Celebrini Watch. All right, dude. Celebrini Watch 2023. Go Sharks. Hate the show? Want to get your questions on the air? Email questions at dudesonhockey.com. 
Dudes on Hockey is not affiliated with the San Jose Sharks organization or the National Hockey League.